This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to The Mitch Gray Show. So grateful that you could join us again today. Um, some great episodes for 2022 to get your year started right. I am your host, Mitch Gray, author of How to Hire and Keep Great People, small business consultant and inspirational speaker. And I have another great guest for you uh, today. Um, life is so crazy. First of all, the people that we are introduced to through the means of things like podcasting. And then second of all, sometimes in a very short period of time, you can go through controversy and trial with each other. And my guests and I have done that today. Life has thrown things at us the last few months. So I've been looking forward to this conversation, friends. You are going to be inspired and there is going to be some deep thought provoked. Uh, Today, my guest is Troy McFadden. Troy, welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Troy, tell the people where you, I, I have so many people from around the world that come on the show, um, from Canada to Britain to uh, the island of Malta to Greece to within North America and the U.S. Tell the people where you are uh, currently located and, and calling in from. I am in San Miguel de Allende in ah. Mexico. Yes, I love it. I just wanted you to, you've told me that before and it sounds so cool. So I just <laughs> wanted to hear you uh, spit that out, brother. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Troy, you uh, have some amazing accomplishments in life and we, we may or may not dig into those later, but for the most part, uh, really, I want people to know about you, that you, you are a um, really a, a coach and a mentor and you do that through uh, life, business, health, and mindfulness uh, mentoring. Um, you have on your resume things like being a successful global entrepreneur, uh, which has led to things like the establishment of resorts in Asia, health centers in the U.S., um, an international school. And you've also served as a consultant for both startups and established businesses. I'm going to make the list shorter than it is across the world, really. So, um, yeah, so much wisdom and so much accomplishment. Kudos to you, my brother, for your success and what you're doing uh, on this earth and what you're going to offer our listeners. And I want to start with this, Troy. I always ask my guests a big question to begin the show. And as I was, uh, you know, kind of reminding myself of our conversation and doing more research, your website has three statements that really caught my attention. And so we're going to start there with our big question. First of all, you have these three statements, empower yourself, manifest your vision, and live your best life, which led me to two questions. One of them is a question I don't think I've ever asked on this show. It's a statement that we hear people say often, live your best life. My question to you is, what in the world does that mean? It's almost like that's a commercialized saying now. You know, it may have started with Oprah 30 years ago. I don't know live your best life, and it's kind of gone through. But for the average person waking up in the morning, looking at their life, brushing their teeth, taking a shower, getting dressed, going to work, what in the world does live your best life truly mean? Well, it means living as fully in the moment as we can, 
as open, as receptive, as loving, as connected as possible, no matter what we're doing. So whatever our life, you know, whether we're Beyonce or we're going to work in a, in a closet somewhere, we have the potential to live our fuller, complete destiny, whatever that is, but also to live more fully in the, in the moments that present themselves. Um, in other words, everyone has to brush their teeth. We can do it consciously, yeah. mindfully, heartfully, or unmindfully, rush through it, be distracted, living in the, in the past or the future. You used a word there that I think um, people live often, but don't describe it this way. And that is the word distracted. We, we, we live in a culture of so much what I like to, like to call noise. Um, we're filled with smartwatches and smartphones and computers and entertainment and social media. How does one really pursue the art of living a life that is fully present in each moment? What does that really look like when we, if we were to describe it to someone that said, hey, Troy, I want to live in the moment. That sounds great. I want to not be distracted. But what can I really do to be conscious and aware of, of that moment? Several things are key. Slowing down is hugely beneficial. Mm. It doesn't, I don't mean to equate mindfulness with going slow, but especially at first, slowing down, taking a beat or two, pausing. Mm getting in touch with our breath often enough through formal meditation or applied meditation, applied mindfulness in the moment so that it serves as an anchor, a grounding mechanism. It calms us and it also informs us of where we're at. We might think we're here, but our breath is always gonna be honest with us like, like a best friend from birth to death. And in doing that, then we become a bit more in touch with our body and our body too is our friend goes at its own rhythm and will also um, inform us of where we're at, even if our mind thinks differently. All of that creates space. And in mm -hmm. space, there's more awareness. And in that greater awareness, there are options. There are options we can consider. We can choose our default autopilot approach or maybe a new approach that's gonna make us happier, more peaceful, more calm, more, again, more open to life to enjoy it more for what it is in that moment. Yeah, I wanna go back to breath for a second. One, one of my favorite teachers, Thich Nhat Hanh, um, who unfortunately we, we lost Thich Nhat Hanh in this life um, a few days ago, and, but he often refers to breath as home. And he often would use the phrase, you know, in those moments, just go back home. And when you view it as that, it's almost like that, that descriptionary kind of, kind of phraseology that elicits an imagination. It kind of harkens back to when you're a kid and in third grade, your teacher would say, you know, what kind of house do you want to live in? And everybody, everybody would scribble down their best house and color it and get full detail. And it's almost like that same imaginatory friend that you call that that breath, that home becomes. Why is that so critical? Um, you know, before the show, you and I were talking about the transition that is taking place universally, not just in humankind, but outside of humankind as well. And it seems like in those moments of transition, it is especially important. 
to slow down and to go back home and to remember breath and really, really become unified and aligned within so that you can then fully live outside of yourself in those moments. Um, so what, what is, why is that so important for people to really remember breath, to learn the art of getting in touch with breath? And as, as Thich Nhat Hanh would say, to go back home. For so many reasons. Breath is the link between the, the physical and the energetic realm, the, the mm -hmm. seen and the unseen. It's like the wind. You can see its force. You can feel its power. But you can't actually see it. Right. It's the link to something greater than ourselves in part. And it's also a microcosm of the entire universe, a breath. I mean, right. e even the latest science suggests that the Big Bang started from some point of singularity. It expanded and is currently expanding just like a breath does. It reaches a, a maximum point of expansion and then it starts to, uh, I don't want to use the word collapse, but for lack of a better one <laughs> at the moment, collapses in on itself, goes back to that point of singularity, this massive cosmic pulsing that takes place over unfathomable eons. The breath is that within ourselves and we are in touch with that primal, powerful, essential force, the underlying nature of all things. Every few seconds, we complete a few a full cycle. That's crazy. It's um, it's one of those things that, in a way, is uncontrollable, but also controllable. It, it's kind of the both, right? That's right. And that's another very good good point. It's the only uh, function in our bodies that is both uh, that we can regulate consciously, and it happens un consciously as well. I mean, there are a few yogis that can stop their heartbeat and such, but for the most part, again, it's, it's unusual, if not unique in that respect. Right, right. So before we move on, let's, um, because I had another kind of big question related to those statements on your website, because I love those statements. But again, going back to kind of the everyday listener, the everyday person, maybe, maybe even the person that's listening to this episode and it's never thought about breath. They're just kind of in the routine of life. Um, we talked about how in a few ways to be fully present, slowing down, coming back to breath, but specifically on that home base of breath. What are, what are a few, someone says, well, I've heard about, um, and I, in fact, I just had this conversation recently with someone. I've heard about meditation, but I've never done meditation. I don't know, but and depending on where someone's coming from culturally, they may be scared of meditation, quite frankly, because it's really an unknown, or maybe they were even from a culture that taught against it. In a relatable way, what are a few key things that someone could take part in every day just to begin unifying themselves with breath, relating to that level of consciousness and awareness? And really, I want to say valuing what up until now for many people has just been happening really kind of unconsciously per se, breath just happens and they've never recognized it. It's never become a friend. So what are some small actionable steps someone could potentially take to begin that journey? One thing we can do is demystify the idea of meditation to mm. perhaps bring it down from its lofty perch or the scary place that it inhabits in our psyche uh, or at the very least the unknown place. It's very, very simple, and it's very, very natural. And there are an infinite number of ways to practice it, because in essence, it's just 
moment to moment awareness of what is. Yes. One quite accessible way for a lot of people, um, and this is at a different part of the spectrum than say sitting in full lotus on a meditation pad, right? That's yeah. that's un unachievable or uninteresting, uninteresting rather, or just uh, again plain scary for a lot of people. Yeah. Washing the dishes, loading the dishwasher, taking a shower, once again brushing your teeth. We can just simply bring our presence to it. What are the sensations that are happening? What's the nature of my mental activity as I brush my teeth? I'll just stay with that example for a bit. You know, what's arising in me right now? What's the pleasure in this experience? Yeah, what's the, what's the process that's unfolding? There's a universe within every moment. And again, it just takes turning our attention towards it and opening into it. That's available for everyone all the time with few, if any, exceptions. I love that small example of brushing your teeth. I was at a uh, meditation retreat quite a few years ago, and it was really my first uh, foyer into deep meditation. It, it was actually a 72-hour silent retreat. And we spent, gosh, I don't know, 12 to 14 hours a day in sitting meditation. And that was, that was very new to me. I kind of got baptized by fire, which I'm very grateful for. Otherwise, I'm I may not have introduced myself to those moments in that way, but another thing we did was, was they really took the time to give us application on what you just taught our listeners. And, and one of the things we did, they called working meditation. So every day we had different assignments that we could sign up for washing dishes, sweeping the floor, raking the garden, et cetera, et cetera. And they, and they continually reminded us that when you're sweeping the floor, you're not sweeping the floor for accomplishment. You're not sweeping the floor to be finished sweeping the floor. You're simply sweeping the floor. And that is a real mind shift, especially in modern, uh, busy, noisy, schedule-filled cultures. It is a mind shift to say, I'm not doing a task to complete the task, I'm taking part in a task simply because the task exists. I love that. There's a beauty in every moment. There's, yeah. there's a power in every moment. There is an art to be created mm -hmm. and explored and had in every moment in the smallest things. It's amazing how rewarding scrubbing your toilet can be. We're still staying in the bathroom here, yes. but, but not We're in not the same exact location <laughs> as, as we brush our teeth in. Um, just for the pleasure, the pure pleasure of, of, of creating and cleaning. And I mean, life is so simple and so profound and we gloss over it because we're going so fast, focused on goals, leaving our center, leaving home constantly. Yeah. I love that, that we do, we do lose ourselves in the, and we almost lose ourselves in the functionality of life and forget the existence of life and just fill up and fill up and fill up and forget that, you know, being present in those moments. I, I, I the conversation I was having recently with someone about meditation, I use this example for myself, taking a shower is very meditative and, 
a mantra that I've begun using when taking a shower, when my mind, because it can also be a place that your imagination roars, right? It's like you think of the day or you think of new stuff or as a creative, you're thinking of ideas. And, and my mantra has become be the water, just to be the water. And so having, often having those little mantras, those little ringing bells that can be as simple as be the water can serve as a reminder in those moments that again, our imagination or our stress or our anxiety or our busyness kind of takes off. It can bring us back to that home. Exactly. The more reminders, the better. And in general, the simpler the reminder, the better. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, we could go on forever about that, Troy, but I have another big question for you that's going to lead us down another path. One of your other statements on your website that I love is manifest your vision. Um, there, manifest is a tricky word, I think, for a lot of people because, again, uh, much like live your best life, I think the word manifest has been both overused and undervalued. Um, it seems to be kind of an easy go-to word for many people. But oftentimes, there's not a lot of depth in that definition of manifest. So when you say manifest your vision, when you're coaching people on manifesting that vision, what does that really look like? Great question. And thank you for uh, humbling me uh, in, in pointing out that most of the things on my homepage are cliches. <laughs> oh, <and laughs> Maybe I'll, re I'll work to retool that. I don't mean it in a bad way, brother. I actually like it because I immediately connected with it. I mean, I saw those and I was like, wow, yeah. But I And it made me want to hear more about it, mostly because your other verbiage on your website is has a lot of depth. And so my, my, my uh, let's see, my um, lack of experience on website building would advise you to not change it because it did, <laughs> it did draw me in. It became a connective point. And that's why I want to go. I want, I want people to really, it's almost kind of, kind of a Mitch Gray show exclusive. When you go to Troy's website and you see the cliche statements, they really do mean something different usually. And so I love it. Now, again, I'm not a website builder, but I love it. Yeah, I love it. So manifest your vision. What, what does that really, really in the depth of it mean? It's an interesting conflict, if not a paradox, in that at the highest realms of existence, we need not do anything except to let go into what we are, to put wow. it simply, to go, to go with the flow. Wow. And in doing that, your destiny, whatever it is, will manifest itself. So there's that. And what is equally true and equally valid is that we get in our own way so often of unfolding into the life that we feel at our deepest levels is the one that we're, we either want to live or are meant to live. And that's a distinction too. Because again, destiny is destiny. Perhaps there are multiple destinies we could take. Right. But it's, it, ultimately then it's a combination of letting go into a lot of aspects of life and getting out of our own way, removing obstacles so that it does unfold. And part of this too is that we can, and I, I don't use the word vision lightly here. Vision is something deep. Vision comes from epiphanies, aha moments, something very, very deep within your soul, I would say, or yeah. deep enough so that it is an aspect of your soul. And that is the life you are meant to live. And we'll never be complete, we'll never be fulfilled, we'll never feel whole 
if we don't at least move in the direction of living it. Yeah. And, that, and that isn't to motivate with fear, but rather possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And so part of coaching is to, is to acknowledge where people are at, to support them with it, to help them see how they can remove obstacles, to realize the potential, to see all of the self-limiting beliefs and right. everything else, all of the, ultimately, uh, the choices that they've made consciously or unconsciously that's got them to where they are, clearing the way so that flow can unfold in the direction of their deepest self, again, their vision. Mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a phrase that I use for those um, kind of epiphanies, messages of the soul. I, I like to call them the echoes of your soul. It's something that just continuously comes up time and time outside of your control. You take part in something and the response is always the same. You get excited about something that unexplainably lights you on fire. You know, it's just those echoes of the, the same idea kind of just keeps coming back. You're constantly and uncontrollably put in situations that you really get to step into your full being. And far too often, we don't take note of those echoes of the soul, of the universe really saying, this is the path. And oftentimes, even shining the light on the path, and we pull the plug. It's like, no, 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 that's not the path. And then it gets, you know, kind of kind of lit up again. And, and you, you just made a statement that I, I don't want to gloss over because I want listeners to really hear this. Um, and the reason I want listeners to hear something you just said is it really uh, shows where you are in your work. And you use the phrase, it, it clears the way. Um, the word facilitator comes from the Latin facil, which means to make the way clear. Mm. And that to me is a great coach, a great mentor, a, a great leader is someone that doesn't pull people along but rather clears the way for a safe space of guided discovery. And I have this belief in life that people aren't stupid. In fact, I think people are incredibly smart. I just often think we buy into the voices that tell us we're not incredibly smart. And so that facilitation of that discovery is so, so incredibly powerful. It is indeed. And I'm, I'm realizing too that the Spanish word facil Mm -hmm. That means easy must come from that Latin origin as well. Yes. yes, We are all inherently creative. We are creativity itself. We are brilliant. We are beautiful. We really are. Again, these are cliches, but that is the truth. We are these yes. magnificent expressions of being and creativity that, that, that made us, that brought us for this very short period of time and this one small planet. And there's such beauty, there's such power in that. And there is, as the French would say, your raison d'etre, right? Your yes, reason for being. Yes. We are here for something. It might be very, very humble in, in a worldly sense, but it, that's not important. It's, it's absolutely essential for our soul's growth that we do live it. So, so let's take that. Um, first of all, there's the idea of perception and, and there's uh, you know, the Deepak Chopra, you are the universe. There's millions of realities. We're all creating different realities. <laughs> this idea that so much of that exists. And really the, the bottom line point is it's all perceptive. And so there's this perception that there are medial jobs. Uh, say we have a listener who is a janitor 
Um, they take care of, you know, whatever facility they are in charge of taking care of. My first question is, how does, how does one reconcile their fulfillment with their daily, quote, career or job when maybe an outside world is telling them it's not enough? Because really, that, that can become a moral dilemma at the end of the day. When someone says, but I am perfectly fulfilled, I love what I do. I don't just clean the building. I make it possible for people to stay organized, for customers to have a great experience. They, but then they have these outside voices that are causing them to wrestle with it's not enough because I feel like that's happening more and more and more. There has to be this accomplishment. There has to be this influence or phase. There and so how does someone really settle within themselves that idea that, no, I am fulfilled where I currently reside? It takes checking in with oneself with regularity, call it meditation, call it something else, and, and locating the place in themselves where they are fulfilled and yeah. grounding in it and reinforcing it and deepening it. So then the outside world, the outside voices, the mainstream culture, everyone's got to be a leader, everyone, you know, all of that, that that's just a passing thing, a phenomenon of, of experience part of centering in that fulfillment can, can um, come with an enormous amount of gratitude mm. for, for the fact that you do feel fulfilled and you see the larger symbolic role that you play and, and, and what a beautiful place to rest in that contentment, in contentment rather, in that gratitude, uh, in, in that joy. Let the world do its thing. Most yeah. truly great self-realized people are not well known. That's right. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi. They just right. live at the fringe. You would never know that they're Jedi's. Yeah. And that is such a tricky thing, right? Especially if someone happens to be in the position of building, they happen to be in the position of um, trying to create something what they think is substantial in this world to not fall into the patterns. Um, and and many of us go through that. You know, it's uh, there, there's there's coaches here and coaches there and consultants here and consultants there and plans of success here and plans of success there. And and that does become very distracting. That's why I love that you use that word in the beginning of this conversation to not be distracted by what is outside of yourself, but really only stay aligned with what is within. And that's where I do love your cliche word manifest because <laughs> Any, any manifestation truly begins within. And that outward revealing is just simply a reflection of the work that has already taken place internally, really. Yeah, and you know, to be a little more specific, um, as far as some of these examples that we've used, um, if being in janitorial, and I, I, I honor it, there's, there's beauty in it, and there's simplicity in it, and there's art in it, organization, as you say, wonderful. Allow yourself to experience that. If you are content, fulfilled, happy in that role, you are doing better than the vast majority of people who say work in the rest of the office that you clean, for instance. Right. Who rarely spend time even savoring the victories and spend an enormous amount of time dealing with what they perceive as problems frustrations, things that they don't have, all of that. That is the secret to life. Yeah. 
not not be distracted, but rather simply be with what is. And then you're going to find yourself in the role that you're meant to be in. So if the simplicity and the lack of you know complexity, you know, at the same time that uh, maybe a janitorial job brings is 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 you know according to your nature, wonderful. For me, having lived the life I do, doing the work I do, it's clear that it's a culmination of a long journey, and this is what I'm meant to do, and there's a deep peace and a knowing and a fulfillment in that. That's the essence. As long yes, as we're experiencing yes. those states of consciousness, the rest of it matters not. And, and how do we, you know, really at a societal level, um, and, and this obviously isn't a question that we can totally remedy today, but I love the conversation. And that is how do we at a societal level begin evening the playing field? You know, we're talking about career paths and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here visiting with you who have done all the work you've done across the world. Yet at the same time, we're all the same. We're all at the basic human level. There is no difference in Jeff Bezos and the janitor. And so at a societal level, not that we can change the world overnight, but I do believe we can plant seeds that eventually harvest. How can we begin shifting those conversations? We know we can do it internally. We know we can do it by the things we've mentioned already. When people are functioning in their communities with others, how can they begin taking a, maybe a different approach to opening up dialogue about removing the barriers, removing the walls, removing the separation and segregation that we so often construct within all of these, you know, th these life practices. It starts within yeah. and the same basic rules as it were apply to how it manifests outside of us. Slow down, pause, take an extra moment with someone allow kindness to come forth in that spaciousness, in that lack of attachment to, you know, needing an outcome, you know, needing to rush to the next thing. Everyone feels that on a deep core level. Maybe, maybe it's appropriate to reach out and touch someone's shoulder to let them know that you know, and that you're there and you feel them. Maybe it's not. There are all kinds of other ways to do it. Be kind, be gentle, be loving. Be compassionate, allow yourself to feel empathy, to experience another person's feelings, in, in other words. Maybe it all unfolds in just a few seconds. Wow, how, can, how that can make a difference for, for, for someone else and us as we engage in our life that way. Slowly but surely, our life starts to reflect all of that back to us. And we live in a more beautiful world as a result. For those listening to the audio version, I'm smiling because Troy made a statement and that was lack of attachment. And I don't think we're going to dig into that today because, wow, that's a whole nother conversation. But it's, it's a truth that we, we find ourselves so attached to performance and outcomes. And I want to go back to the manifest your vision. We oftentimes a statement that I that I made began making years ago because I went through a personal experience and that was I believe in the beginner's mind I believe in that childlike creativity and I, I I think as children we're often more in touch with destiny than we are as adults the problem with that is you can you can only interpret those dreams from the perception you're given 
And so oftentimes I think we know as children, it's just that we're gifted certain perceptions and perspectives. And so those dreams are diluted through that. And it's often, we just have to go through life experience to figure out, hey, I know what destiny has in store for me. I was just so focused on what I thought the how was that I lost track. And so when you make the statement, that lack of attachment, you know, that often has to do with that vision, what we think the vision is, losing attachment to that vision and actually receiving the vision that is gifted to us from universe, God, however anyone wants to kind of have that paradigm. But that attachment is, gosh, that I don't believe that's, I think that's a never ending process. I I think it's a never ending process to constantly be taking inventory and be aware of what we're finding ourselves attached to. Yes, and it gets easier. And speaking of attachment, you know, there are two sides to attachment, desire and aversion kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, traditionally. Great way to put it. Great way to put it. Yes. One of the things that we're attached to is our aversion to our wounds. And it is in our wounds where our purpose, our deepest meaning and purpose is usually born or forged. So part of the process then in manifesting one's vision is to go into that which has affected you most, probably has hurt you, probably the greatest suffering in your life. What did you learn How did you grow? What did you touch? And now how can you offer that to the world as a gift, a gift that surely it desperately needs? Hmm. Wow. That's, uh, that's powerful, right? I was, I was listening to a talk show the other day and I've got to remember the guy's name that was on the show. Jay Glazer was on the show is his name. And Jay Glazer is uh, in some circles, a pretty renowned guy, uh, especially in America. But he has come out with a book um, about his struggle with depression, anxiety, mental health. And it was an incredible radio interview because Jay, Jay Glazer is a former UFC fighter, kind of a tough guy, has kind of a gruff personality on TV. And he has worked extremely hard in his life to hide his battle with depression, anxiety, mental health. And it's really not until recently that he's really come out. And I mean, it's some of the stories he was telling, it is a constant battle for him. But he made a statement that I think directly reflects to what you just said. At the end of that interview, they asked him, they said, why did you come out with this book? Why are you telling your story now? After 30 years in the business, after all your influence. And he said, I'm coming out with this book now because I finally got to the point in my life that I viewed depression as a, as a blessing rather than a curse. And man, you talk about a, a shift of presence and perspective and idealism towards something that so many, even as society, we talk about mental health and many other things as a curse. And he was like, no, no, no. It is because of this that I've been able to live the life I've lived. So so what does that look like, again, for the everyday person, maybe the everyday leader, maybe the everyday employee? where they are dealing with something internally, that wound that you alluded to, how can, how can they begin to really shift that mindset and do that internal work of almost empowering that wound in a positive way, that it becomes a blessing of growth and a blessing of um, presence rather than that, quote, curse? 
I love beholding that question. And despite the specificity of it, I'm going to start in the abstract a bit. Hmm. Important to, to realize that to the degree we don't go into our wounds, that we don't feel our suffering, not only do we not find some of the deepest, richest material that we have to work with, as it were, we do a lot of harm. Yes. The, the yes. aversion, the fear of it, we do a lot of harm in the world. So there's that. On the flip side, to the degree that we can own it, be with it, and understand its place in our life and in the big picture of life, of existence, we do feel the blessing of it. We can rest in even greater gratitude. The, the truth of the matter is, it's all up to us 100%. We can unfold into an experience of gratitude for everything, for everything everything that has ever happened to us. And that is incredibly powerful. So how does it start? How does the average person do this? Moment to moment, you have a choice of how you're going to choose, sorry for the redundancy there, to interpret your experience. You determine exactly what your experience is. The world just is what it is. Right now, it's like this. You project your own meaning based on your past experience normally. You know, what you determine is good, bad, right, and wrong. It just is. It just is. And pregnant with potential, all kinds of possibilities. And again, to be even more specific, moment to moment, be with yourself, know where you're at, be with your breath, feel your feet on the earth, whatever it is. Be centered, be open, be present, allow it to be. Wait to judge it until later if you must yes. judge it. Yes. Be with it. We walk through life, this expanded, open, flowing being, as opposed to a contracted soldier who's fighting, resisting mm -hmm. everyone mm -hmm. and everything around us. Mm -hmm. That's a great analogy. Wow. That is a great analogy. Troy, this has been uh, incredible. And Brothers and sisters, I, I hope this conversation, um, as, I, as I said before we entered this conversation, it was going to be deep with uh, thought-provoking ideas and um, applicable ideas that you can take with you after listening to this show. Troy, leave the people with uh, one, one more nugget of wisdom that you would like to, to maybe leave them with and plant that seed moving forward. Not my wisdom, but thy wisdom. <laughs> Don't worry. Be happy. There is such a bigger story unfolding. The universe is far too weird and wonderful for any of us to understand it. We're all taken care of. We're all part of all that is. And in that, may you feel more freedom, less burden, more openness to the gift that is your life. I love that. I love that. Troy, thank you for coming on the show. How can people stay in touch with you if they want to uh, you know, follow you on social media or your YouTube channel? What does that look like? I'm a bit old school and low tech in that way, <laughs> but my, my website is wisdomwarriorcoaching.com. You can find out more about me and what I do there and reach out to me through that conduit as well. I love it. I love it. You, you and I are very similar in that light too. Uh, <laughs> Simplicity is key, in my opinion. So 
Um, thanks, Troy. I appreciate it. Brothers and sisters, thank you for listening to the Mitch Gray Show. Please subscribe if you have not and invited someone else, invite someone else to subscribe as well. Make sure you leave us a review anywhere you listen to the show and uh, make sure you order your copy of How to Hire and Keep Great People. We've got some more awesome things planned for 2022. So stay on the lookout. Thanks for listening again and we will talk to you soon.